0: Blog Talk Radio. Shalom, Shalom. and Shabbat Shalom everybody. Shalom, everybody. Welcome to Talk to Each and Testify Radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. My name is Yao or Obadiah. I am just a humble servant of Yahweh. On today's show, we have a very interesting topic that was asked by one of my Dean Did Enoch and Elijah really go to Shamahim? Did they really go to heaven? Uh, everybody talks about it, even in the, uh, when it comes to the Hebrew teachings, that Enoch and Elijah is in heaven with Yahweh. We're going to read on today's teaching. We're going to find out, did they really go to Shammahim are they there with the father uh, I thought uh, only the Messiah the lamb was there with the heavenly father if uh, if you know if these particular individuals Enoch and Elijah are there with the most High, then what happened to their bodies what happened to um, you know what happened to everlasting life how you know how were they able to get it and Fulfilled the promise even before the promise was given, so we're going to be discussing that on today's show, and we're going to do a Zoom teaching tomorrow morning pertaining to this, so that way you can visualize what is being taught. So I will be doing that, and then I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be asking people a lot of questions tomorrow about this Passover and this Chag Hat bazaar because a lot of people are keeping the Passover. When the new moon dictates it, when in all actuality, Yahweh commanded us that the sun lets us know when the Mordim is, when it comes to Peshach and the Chakhat B'zach. So we have a lot to discuss this weekend. This is why I'm doing the special edition of Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio today, because first and foremost, let's answer the question. This is part one of a two-part series. Did Enoch and Elijah really go to heaven? This is a portion of Christian fiction right here on Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio. I hope that you will be able to glean and be encouraged by today's teaching. Hallelujah. And there
1: arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahquar, and the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land, who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High, and he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashak. And Mashak grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Misraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horea, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? The scriptures declare that Elohim said, "Ahaya, Ashar, Ahiah, Meaning I am that I am. I will be who I will be. He said, moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways, so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord and from that time many false names for our creator have gone out into the world following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations our heavenly father who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh. while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light. Who would not have his people to walk in darkness. For well, I declare that we are the children of life. For he has revealed through the ruach, take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages, and apply them to the four Hebrew letters: Yod, He, Wah, He, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas and rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Clare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble at sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might read from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to feel Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condor, that his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth. And lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He is the the nations. He is crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, Magnify
0: the name of Yahuwah forever. Such a beautiful introduction. Hallelujah. Proclaiming the name of Yahweh by our dear brother uh, Brother Bennett. Um, Very powerful how he talks about the power what is within the name of our Heavenly Father our supreme Elohim, whose name is Yahweh. On today's show, did Enoch and Elijah really go to Shamahim? Did they really go to heaven? You always hear about Enoch translating or translated into heaven. What does that mean by that? And uh, did the word say that he translated into heaven? That's the first question. It just said he translated. So that's a clue right there as to where we're going And then we will do a part two on tomorrow morning, dealing with Elijah, because I don't want to break up the, you know, the flow of how we're going to do things. Then on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, I'm going to be asking the question, do we really get to celebrate Passover on different dates, or do we have to do it all on one accord? Yahuwah said the 14th day, between the evenings. So, why are people doing it yesterday just like the Jews did? You saw everybody, I saw a lot of people on social media doing Peshach on the same time that the Jews are doing it. Okay? According to Yahweh's timetable, we are almost done with the Chag Hat Mazad. As a matter of fact, um, today is Thursday, April the 9th, 2020, according to the man made Jesuit Gregorian calendar. It is the 20th day of the first Kodush, meaning we are in the sixth day of Chag HaTmezzat, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Once the sun goes down on tomorrow, you will be allowed to bring leaving back into your household, and you can go ahead and eat your leaving again. One thing is for certain is that we should have understood and celebrated for that whole entire week how Yahuwah, was able to help us keep the unleaven or the mazat out of our hearts and out of our spirits. So that is very, very imperative for us to remember, okay? I'm not so much as far as getting on people as to, hey, listen, you know, you're doing it wrong because we'd rather be righteous than right. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we're supposed to be focused more on, okay, Well, how did you come up with that? Or better yet, why are you keeping Pashak? And why are you keeping the Chag Hathbazad? And I just pray that one day we can all do it all on one accord and all do it right. And according to Yahweh's word and his Torah. So we're going to be discussing that on Saturday and Sunday. What's going on with these wrong and mixed up dates of the Pashak? And unleavened bread. I know a lot of you are probably questioning what is going on, and believe it or not, those who kept it yesterday and today, they are following the way of the heathen. So they are doing it on a quote-unquote an abominable all day. That's what Yahweh said in the Book of Jubilees. So continue to pray for your brothers and sisters that they will come into the knowledge of the truth. Don't try to uh, rebuke them or chastise them. Uh, when they ask you why do you keep it different, just show them the scriptures. Show them the teachings. Hallelujah. Alrighty, alright. Um, Talk, teach, and testify. Radio is brought to you first and foremost by Salt, the acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth. It is also brought to you by the Palmer Family Foundation out in California, and by the Bullock Family Foundation in Arizona and by the Jones Foundation out in Nevada. Hallelujah for those who are over on the West Coast. All right. Special announcement. Once again, there will be a Zoom teaching and instruction tomorrow morning. I like to do it in the morning so that everybody will be able to see what the teaching will be about. Uh, I'm going to do a brief teaching about Enoch and Elijah. So, I'm going to give you not only a review as to what is going to be discussed tonight, but also a preview as to what's going to be discussed tomorrow. So, it's going to be done. Let's see. Okay, we're going to have the Zoom teaching tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nine o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. If you are on the West Coast, it will start at seven in the morning. I know that's kind of early, Hallelujah, but you know, I'm being led to teach it this way. Now, if you like to join our Zoom teaching, please email me at talkteachtestify at gmail dot com. That way, I can send you an invitation because we do not just leave our links open, especially with what's going on with the Zoom with its um, work in uh, increased um, perfection with their security and privacy. So I am sending out links so that you'll be in the waiting room so that when the teaching does begin at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be able to bring you in. This is just not only just to protect me and the ministry, but also to protect you as well. So Zoom teaching tomorrow morning. 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you who are unable to make it, there will be a makeup teaching that will be on Sunday. Um, I will give you the time and date uh, when you email me um, to, to find out when we are going to have um, the makeup teaching pertaining to this topic through Zoom, so that way you'll be able to see it. I will not give out any transcripts or notes from today's show. Okay, once again, please don't email and say, brother, is it okay? We can have the notes. Um I will not be giving out these notes uh for today's show. Um the, this type of teaching, for instance, I, I don't really like to release out to the public uh because they like to misconstrue it or things like that. Um this is one of the teachings I really keep up under my wing. And I'm sharing it with you this evening because, of course, I love you and more so because one of my students had asked me this question. And I um, thank Yahuwah for um, Sister Zara. She asked, um, I have a question. I was always taught that Enoch and Elijah went to heaven. Now, are they in heaven? Because I read in the Word that no man have seen Yahuwah. Uh, I've read that there's no one in Shammahim. So where are Elijah and Enoch then? Okay. Let's read the book of Revelation, first and foremost, because it gives us a very concise and very solid point about man who is supposed to be in Shamahim or in heaven, okay? So we're going to read to see if anybody is up there with Yahuwah. Now, we have to present, first and foremost, of course, uh, the problem. We have to dissect it and see exactly what is going on, okay? Is, you know, is anybody there? With Yahuwah Okay I had to stop for a moment Because It's you know When you hear false doctrine um, Being taught like this And and when you hear um, You know people saying You know my uncle Johnny is in heaven He's probably um, Playing catch with You know with Moses or He's talking to David right now. You know, you hear people say that in the church. It's quite disturbing, right? So we, we want to go ahead and we want to clear that, um, you know, out of the air because we do hear that a lot. We always hear, you know, okay, uh, you know, where, where are these human beings? Where are they going? Number one, if they were in Shammahim, there's no need for the resurrection, and there is clearly the resurrection that is written in the book of Revelation. Okay? Now, I want to show you a couple of passages which lets us know that there is no one in the temple. We're talking about the everlasting temple. Okay? I want to be able to, to show you these things. Let's go to Revelation chapter twenty-one because people are saying once we're resurrected, we're going to heaven, right? We're going to go and we're going to be uh, we're going to be rejoicing forever and ever. We're going to leave this earth and we're just going to be with the Father. Revelation twenty-one. This is what you've been taught in Christianity. This is why I also labeled this teaching. As being quote-unquote Christian fiction. That's what we're going over on today. Christian fiction. Revelation 21. And I saw a new shamahim and a new Horez, a new heaven and a new earth. For the first shamahim and the first earth were passed away and there was no seed. Ya'u Kahanan, the revelator, uh, John the revelator, is seeing future events. And I, Yahuwah Kahanan, saw the Kodush city, listen, New Jerusalem coming down from Elohim out of Shamahim, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice coming out of Shamahim saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Yahuwah is with men. And he would dwell with them, and they should be his people. And Yahuwah himself shall be with them and be their Elohim. And Elohim shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain. for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Uh, You probably have read that in the book of Yahshua, the book of Isaiah, right? And he said unto me, write for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am a leaf in ta'u, I'm the beginning and the end. I give it unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. This is speaking pertaining to Yahweh. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his Elohim, and he shall be my son. Okay? This is good. So this is Yahuwah saying he's the Alif in the Tahu, not Yahusha. He said he will be their Elohim, and we shall be his sons. Verse 8. For the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is not hell. It's the lake of fire. It's crystal clear. Which is the second death. The first death, we all going to inherit that. It's inevitable. Every man with the acceptance of, you know, you're going to experience the first death. Who is going to be the exceptional? Well, those who are still yet alive when Yahusha comes back. Even Yahusha died for three days and three nights. Right? Now, let's go down because I wanted you to see that. Let's go to verse twenty two. And I saw no temple therein, for Yahweh Elohim Almighty and the lamb are the temple of it, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the for the esteem of Yahweh did lighten it, and the lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved, because you're not saved and sanctified until you endure to the end, we just read that earlier, shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their esteem and honor in it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the esteem and the honor Of the heathens, the nations, the Gentiles into it. And there shall be in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither whatsoever works abomination or makes a lie, for they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. What can defile the temple of Yahweh? It is flesh. So, flesh is not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of Yahweh. It will not be able to come into the temple. We see it written right there. Nuff said. Now, brother, you did say that there's no man that is in the temple. Where's that written at? Well, let's go to Revelation 15. Okay? This is powerful. I just have to read one verse. Listen to this. And the temple was filled with smoke from the esteem of Yahweh and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple. You see that? No man was able to enter into the temple until the seven plagues of the seven messengers were fulfilled. Have the seven plagues of the seven messengers been fulfilled? Absolutely not. So there's no man in the temple, no man in Shamahim. There's only one, we read it, and it is the Lamb. That is Yahusha. Okay, so we just got that point there. So now, we read in uh, John or Yahu in chapter one, right? You read that no man have seen the face of Elohim. Those of you who believe the Trinitarian doctrine is going to throw you way off. Okay, it tells me in verse 18, no man have seen Yahweh at any time. The only forgotten son, which is in the bosom of the Av, he has declared him. His special son, Yahusha, was declared by Yahweh. He was declared to be his son. This was done during what? The administration of Malachi, of King David. Go back and read that. When he promised him the everlasting kingdom. And from David, his son will be Yahuwah's son. Yahuwah told him, he will be my son and I will be his Ab, I will be his father. He selected Shaloma or Solomon to walk in the past, but we all know what happened with Solomon. He fell victim to idolatry. But through the seed of Shaloma or Solomon, the everlasting kingdom was fulfilled through Yahusha. Hallelujah, okay, this is why he had to come through the particular bloodline of the seed of David, you can read that in Romans chapter 1, okay, let's talk about these particular people, part one, we're going to talk about Enoch, part two, we're going to talk about Elijah, okay, so these are the things that we're going to be talking about, okay, now, if you have questions or concerns, of course, We can always allow you to come on the air. You can press 1 on your telephone keypad if you have a question or concern. Uh, If you have one and you know me through uh, Facebook, you can inbox it to me. Or you can just simply just go ahead and email it to me, and I'll be able to go ahead and answer it through there. All right. Let's talk about Elijah and Enoch. Let's get the problems out the way as to what people have read in the scriptures, and then we'll go on from there, okay? So we're going to see some discrepancies going on in the King James Version. We could see why a person would think that. So we're going to break it down verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept, or precept upon precept, line upon line. Here, a little, there, a little, right? We have to be able to understand and learn how to study the Torah of Yahweh. All right, so let's look at it. Okay, where is Enoch? If this brother is saying, okay, okay, is Enoch in heaven? Well, where is he? Enoch or Hanak, Number one was translated. Let's talk about the translated part. Why did I pick that? Let's go through Ibrahim, or Hebrews, chapter 11. The, the particular topic and the answer is delivered here in this chapter. You're talking about, I like to say, the, uh, the Belief Hall of Fame. Let's talk about Enoch. One verse is what we're going to look at. I'm sorry, two verses. Okay. I love verse six, but I want to get to verse five first because that's today's topic. Okay. Verse five says, listen, by Amunia, in in case you don't know what Amunia is, that is Hebrew for absolute belief. This is the belief that we need in order to be connected to Yahweh. By absolute belief, by Amunia, Hanak was translated that he should not see death. I want you to think about that. And was not found, because Elohim had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased Yahuwah. For without Amunia, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to Yahweh must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks him. I can't wait to talk about that in a minute. That diligently investigates who he is. That diligently demands who he is. Uh, the Hebrew word there means also to worship. He is a rewarder of them that diligently worships, craves Him. Hallelujah! Let's go back to verse five. Listen to the wording carefully. By absolute belief, was translated that He should not see death, and was not found. When you first read that, if you do not have a uh, very mature mindset you would think, okay, he didn't see death. He was translated, read it carefully, by absolute belief, Hanak was translated that he should not see death. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It was now found because Yahuwah had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased Yahuwah. What pleased Yahuwah is his what? Absolute belief. Why? Because in the next verse we read, but without amunia, it is impossible to please him. You will not be able to understand the spiritual intent of Yahweh if you do not have the tutor, which is the Ruach hakodesh, and you obtain the tutor as a witness based on your absolute belief. All right. Where did Hanak or Inak go? If he was translated, was he immediately taken to heaven? You would think that with the term translate. Let's look at John chapter 3. This is going to be good. Not John 3.16. We're not going to do that. That's a whole different teaching there. John chapter 3. Let's look at verses 12 and 13. Buckle up. We're gonna go into a deeper teaching and instruction. John chapter three, verse twelve says, "If and this is Yahusha speaking to Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus, if I had told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things?" That's powerful. Verse thirteen, and no man. I want you to highlight this. You can um, take a picture. <laughs> And no man has ascended up to Shamahim. Did you get that? No man. The uh, Greek word there is "udemia" or Udais, which means not one, not one or no one has ascended up to Shamahim. Listen, but he that came down from Shammahim, even the son of man, which is in Shammahim. I want to break down that for a minute because a lot of Hebrews do believe that Yahusha was chilling with the father and then he came down and did what he did. Oh, yeah. He was. Uh, he saw everything that happened with Moses and Abraham and David and Solomon and, what happened. and then the father said, okay, you know what? Son, now you can go on down there. The term that we're reading here in Yal-Kahana, in John chapter 3, when it says, first of all, but he that came down from Shamahim, it means the constellations that is written in the Shamahim, which people call the zodiac, which people call the, uh, they call it the Maserat. I hope people get the revelation of that right there. It is the untampered with or the um, unpolluted truth, which is in the shamahim. I'm going to go to this. Please stay right there where you're at. I'm going to read this one verse. I'm going to read Barashit chapter 15. This is what it says here in Barashit chapter 15. Listen to verse 5 and 6. And he brought him forth. It's talking about Yahuwah had brought Abraham forth and said, look now toward the Shammahim and what connect the stars, count the stars, if you be able to number them. The Hebrew word also means, to tally. He's not going around numbering them, one, two, three, four, five. The Hebrew word is safar. Let the stars talk forth. Let them speak to you. And if you be able to safar, there it is again, if you allow them to speak to you, it's not saying that the stars are talking. Literally, there is a message in the shamahim. That's where the Son of Man was, the Son of Yahweh, in the heavenly in the heavenly creation of the stars. And he said it to him, So shall your seed be. Notice it's not plural, it's singular. This particular Mashiach, this particular king of Judah or Yahuwah is gonna be your seed. And verse six he believed in Yahweh and he counted it to him for righteousness. What was counted unto Abraham for righteousness? His amunia, his absolute belief. He believed, and that's what gained righteousness through Yahuwah. Okay? Then Yahuwah, uh, you know, came into covenant with him. And then we read what happens after that, right, about the circumcision. That's later on. Okay, so Abram is now in covenant with Yahweh because he believed what was in the heavens. All right, go back to John 3. So now you read right here, no man has ever ascended into Shamahim. But he that came down from Shamahim, everything that was written in the stars is now in reality. Even the son of man which is in Shammahim. How could the Son of Man be in Shammahim and on the earth? The story of Yahusha is in the Shamahim. I just wanted to break that up. Okay? I just want to explain that. Yahusha's own words, no one, no man has ascended up to heaven. Is Yahusha lying? Because, oh, we just read that Enoch translated The only one that ascended into Shamahim is Yahusha himself. You read that in Acts chapter 1. Okay. So here's the question. Where's Enoch then? If Yahusha, Is Yahusha lying or is he a liar? Where's Enoch? Let's break that down. We'll break down what happened to Enoch, and then we'll talk about Elijah on tomorrow's show at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. If you're on the West Coast, it will start at 9, but we're going to do a Zoom teaching at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 9 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time, okay? Let's go to the other passage that speaks about Hanak or Enoch, besides the Book of Jude. The Book of Jude talks about the uh, particular prophetic word that Enoch talked about which is in the book of Enoch, and a lot of people are afraid to read that. But let's go to the book of Barashit. Let's go to Genesis chapter 5. Parashit, the generation of Adam, chapter 5. I want to read some very key verses. Now, Gerard had begot Hanak. Right, In all the days of Jerod. I'm at verse 20. Okay, I'll give some people some time to get there. Barashi, chapter 5, verse 20. Please forgive me. Verse 20 says, "In all the days of Jerod." When you see all the days, that means that this person had a birth and a death. And all the days, all those days, was expired. Of Gerard was 962 days, and he died. Verse 21. And Hanak lived 65 years and begot Meuselah. Okay? Keep that in mind. 65 years. Okay? Listen. And Hanak walked, which the Hebrew word there is halak. Halak means not only was he walking with him, but he was in the same space with Elohim. Not in the heavens. But on earth, he what? It also means he exercised himself with Elohim, which means that he was, quote-unquote, walking in the rock with Elohim. You'll understand that in a minute. He walked with Elohim after he begot Meusala for 300 years and forgot sons and daughters, Okay. So he had more children after Medusa. But for the next 300 years, he walked with Elohim, walking in the Ruach. You get it? Okay. Now, this is a man that pleased Elohim. We read in the book of Hebrews, right? Keep your finger or pencil or some notes back at Hebrews 11, because we're going to be comparing sheet with Hebrews. Chapter eleven. Okay? So didn't we read in Hebrews that Hanak or Enoch pleased Yahweh? We're gonna talk about how he pleased him and how he walked with Yahweh in a moment. Listen to verse twenty three and twenty four. Here's what we gotta look at. And all the days of Hanak was three hundred and sixty five years. Wait a minute. It says in all the days. That means that Enoch had a birth and an expiration. There it is. He lived to be 365 years. Question. If Hanak are translated to be with Yahuwah in the Shamahim, it would not have this age, now would it? People would think, oh, yeah, well, that's when he translated him when he was 365 years old. But we read in all the days. You read that with everybody else that's in Genesis, which means there was a birth and a death. I can't wait for Shaul or Paul to explain that to you in the book of Hebrews in a minute, but it says in verse 24, and Hanak Enoch walked with Elohim, and he was not, for Elohim took him. The Hebrew word there is lakach. Lakach means to take or to carry away. I can't wait to discuss that meaning in a minute. The word also means to translate. Wait till we go to the book of Hebrews for that. So Yahuwah took him. He took his body and placed it somewhere. Now Hanak had to operate in absolute belief in Amunia to walk with Yahuwah. We in verse 6 of the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Right? For without Amunia, it is impossible to please him. For him that comes to Yahweh must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently what? Seek him. Hanak walked with Yahweh. He obeyed Yahweh and he followed him in his path. How? By absolute belief, by Amunia. That's why he's written in the book of Abri, um, Hebrews chapter 11. No one can walk with Yahweh unless he is in complete agreement with the will of Yahweh. Question, do anybody know what the will of Yahweh is? The Torah, the instructions and the teachings of Yahweh must be in your heart, but it is written in the book of what? Tahalim, in the book of Psalms. So, you cannot walk with him. Okay? Unless you have the absolute belief in the agreement to do his will. You know the verse, Amos or Amos, chapter 3, verse 3. You know the saying Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Evil's going to walk with evil. Righteous is going to walk with righteous. In his generation, Hanak was the only recorded person who followed the ways of Yahweh. Okay, I just want to stop there. It took him 65 years to learn how to walk with Yahweh? For my elders out there who are coming into the truth, you might be in your 60s or your 70s, don't feel bad. You see it right here. It took Hanako Enoch 65 years to learn how to walk with Yahweh. Go back to Barashite, chapter 5. It says it. It's 65 years. Then he begot Meusala and he walked with Yahweh. For 300 years. And in the meantime. He begot sons and daughters. Okay. Hanak or Enoch. Which we read in Barashat or Genesis. Chapter 5 verse 22. That he walked with Yahuwah. Hanak walked with him. For 300 years. Followed the ways of Yahweh for three hundred years. Notice that in this passage, Masha or you know Moses, he wrote the Book of sheet. He didn't say that Hanak is still walking with Yahweh. It says that he walked with him. Okay. Let's look at the particular Hebrew word that is written there so that we can see that he walked past tense. Okay, here's the Hebrew word. You probably don't understand if I say it. The Hebrew word is u yatahalak. That means and he walked past tense there is a past tense that's being spoken and he walked who walked hanak who did hanak walk with it says et elohim the et is a divine marker which they don't put in your king james version because they could not understand Just how powerful the et, which is spelled with the alif and the ta'u, they don't understand the divine meaning of et. And so because they could not understand it, they took it out. Et, Elohim. So, and walked. He. Who did the walking? Hanak. Who did he walk with? He walked with et, Elohim. He walked with the almighty Yahweh. Okay. So we got that. He walked with him for 300 years, not a year more, not a year less. 300 exactly. Because of Hanako Enoch was to be in Shamahim, he would still be walking with Yahuwah. But he is not. Here's some questions to consider. The verse that says this in verse twenty three of Badash chapter five, and all the days of Hanak with three hundred and sixty five years. Okay. When you think because Hanak walked with him for three hundred and sixty five years, wouldn't you think that okay, well what you know, he's supposed to be in eternity. Well, why is it written that he was only 365 years, we read, in all the days? That means that the body of Hanak is expired. It is buried. If Hanak did not die, he would have changed into what we call immortality. And because of that, he would have continued to walk with Yahweh. And because of that... We would not see the 365 years. Oh, we would read in all the days of Hanak are everlasting. Or we would have said Ulam because it would have been no particular age limit there. You see, it says he walked with him for 365 years. It would have even said he continues to this day to walk with Yahweh. His days would have been more than 365 years all his days, that phrase is written all through Barashit. It means that that person lived for a particular length of time, and then he died. Hanak must have died. He must have. But we read about the translation, or we read that he was carried away. Does that mean that he didn't die? Wait a minute. There's some confusion, it, but we know that Yahweh is not the author of confusion. That's what people will care, you know, carelessly assume. What happened with his translation? Masha did not write that Hanok did not die. He wrote that Hanok walked with Elohim. And he was not, for Yahweh took him. You read that in verse 24. For Elohim took him, or carried him away. Or people use the word seize or translate. Paul wrote the same thing. The Apostle Shaul, the emissary, going back to Hebrews 11. He wrote in verse 5, What? By absolute belief, Hanak was what? Carried away. He was translated. The same thing you read in Badashik chapter 5. He was taken away. Hanak was translated. He was taken away. He was transferred or exchanged or transported that he should not see death. You will read nowhere in your Bible, in the scriptures, that Hanak went to heaven. It says he was not found. We read it in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, and we read in Barashi chapter 5, verse 24, and he was not. No other man has ever seen Hanak ever again. Now, The Greek word that Shaul used was metetiami, Strong's concordance, G, as in Greek, 3346. It means to transfer, to transport, to exchange, took, to carry over, or to carry away. The same term carry over is used in the book of Acts. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 7. This is the powerful speech of Stephen the deacon. Let's read it. Very powerful here. Acts chapter, uh, chapter 7, verse 15 and 16. Listen closely. So Yakub went down into Mizraim and died, he and our fathers. Number one, you read that Jacob died. In where? In Misrahim. He and our fathers. You talking about the twelve tribes of Yasharel was in where? In Misrahim, in Egypt. Remember, they was there for four hundred years. Verse uh sixteen. And was carried over, you see that? into Shachem and laid in the sepulchre that Abraham bought for a sum of money of the sons of Amor, the father of Shechem. Number one, Sukar. Number one, we read that Jacob, who died, was carried over and laid in the same plot that Abraham bought for a sum of money. All of Abraham's seed, when you talk about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, all of them are buried on the same land that Abraham bought. Okay? So we got that. Hallelujah. So we read that Jacob or Jacob, Jacob died and then his body was carried over or what? Transported or translated. That's where he was buried. That's what the Bible says. I want to use that term, you know, for the Christians. Here you go. This is what your Bible says. This is what the particular doctor. This is what Luke wrote in the Book of Acts. Okay. It lets us know that Jacob or Jacob transported or translated, or carried over to his place of final burial. That is why Masha said that Elohim took Hanak. Yahuwah buried him so Hanak could not be found. Why? Go back to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 5. Why did Yahuwah take his body, and transported it and buried him. We're going to talk about another person who Yahuwah buried. Why did he write it? He says because, this is what Paul writes, because Yahuwah had translated him so he should not see death. But wait a minute. You just said that Enoch died. So how is it that Enoch, did he die or not? What is, what, is the, what is the real thing here? We already read in the scriptures that Hanak lived to be 365 years old, right? He died. Hanak, uh, Hanak was buried by Yahuwah in a place that he should not see death should not see death means that that is a future event that's going to take place. I wonder what that is. I can't wait to talk about it in a moment. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to go back to Hebrews chapter 5 in a moment. It contains so much in that one verse. Let's look at verses 12 and 13 of Colossians chapter 1 hope that you're enjoying this. I'm very excited about this instruction that Yahuwah is showing his Hakmah or his wisdom to his children as to how to read his word. Colossians 1, this is a writing, once again, a particular epistle that Shaul, uh, Apostle Paul the emissary, this is what he writes to the uh, Gentile people of Colossia. He writes this in verse 12 giving thanks unto the Ab, which have made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the set-apart ones in light. Verse 13, who have delivered us from the what? Power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Well, so much for the Trinitarian doctrine, right? Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. We're not immortal bodies now, are we? But yet still, Yahuwah delivered us from the power of darkness and what? Carried us over or transferred us over into the kingdom of his dear son. That's why we have Amunia, the absolute belief that we will be with him and his son. Hallelujah, This is why we keep Torah. You don't keep Torah to obtain salvation. You keep Torah because you have yasha, because you have salvation. Hallelujah. You keep Torah because you have been translated from the power of darkness and into his marvelous light. Somebody else wrote that, didn't he? Kepha, right? The emissary we know as Peter. This is how we've been translated. How was you translated? Through the blood, the redemption of Yahusha. This is why Yahusha could not have been Yahua in the flesh. Who is the witness of our translation? The witness is the Ruach HaKadish. Okay. So we're talking about the set-apart spirit, right? Hallelujah, Okay, now, Hanak, let's go back to Hebrews 11. I got to go back there because, you know, as we close out today's teaching, um, this evening's teaching, it's going to bring a lot of truth to to the question that we're asking. Did Enoch go to heaven? Tomorrow we're going to explain, did Elijah go to heaven? If you go to the word of Abraham, the writing of Shaul, his epistle, he writes this in Abraham, Hebrews chapter eleven, verses thirty-nine and forty. Those are the last two verses in this letter. Let's read what he says. And these all, everybody that's written in, in you know, in this. Uh, particular hall of belief, the the hall of Lamunia, When you talk about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, okay, Isaac, Ya'usuf or Joseph, Masha, Moses, all of them had this same powerful belief of absolute belief. All of these having obtained a good report through Amunia, received not the promise. We're going to talk about what is the promise. This one verse says that they have not obtained a good report through belief. They have not received the promise yet, but they believed it. Let's keep reading. Verse 40. Listen. Elohim having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. The uh, Greek word there, that means fulfilled or accomplished. Okay? So Hanak could not do what it took to obtain the promise because Yahusha wasn't born yet. Okay, it says all of these died in Amunia, not having received what was promised. It talks about Abel, Noah. it talks about the patriarchs, it talks about Joseph, right? It talks about Sarah. Verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 11, get ready, you ready for this? Let's read it. All of these died in Amunia. I, I'll let you I'll let you sit and digest that. All of these died. Died the uh, Greek word there is aponusko. That means to die or to die off. Wait a minute. You thought that Enoch died, or he did not. Right? That's what we was taught in Genesis. He just floated and ascended to be with Yahweh, and he and he and his earthly body is there forever and ever. It says and all these died in Amunia, not receiving the promises. Listen, but having seen them afar off. They saw the predestination of the promise in the inheritance. That's what happened when Abraham saw the revelation of the Melechizedek or Melchizedek. The what? The Melech Shalom, the king of peace, the king of completeness. This is what Yahusha is going to bring when he returns, completeness amongst his people. And was persuaded of them? What persuaded? The promises persuaded them into a munia, absolute belief and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. They have also thought, I'm only going to be here a short time. I'm just here to do the will of Yahweh. I'm going to fear Yahweh, and I'm going to keep his commandments. Read the book of Ecclesiastes, because that is the will of Adam. That is the will of man. Okay? But wait a minute. Paul writes, all of these died in belief, right? But we read in verse 5, the first sentence, by Amunia, absolute belief, Enoch was what? Cared away. Okay, we got that. He was buried by the Most High, and no man has seen the burial spot of Enoch. He was translated that he should not see death. How was it in verse 13, we read that all of them died in Amunia, Then you tell me in verse 5 by Amunia, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. So, did he die or not? It didn't say, it said that Enoch should not see death. It did not say that Enoch did not die because we read that, but we read that he should not see death. That is a future event. If you read Revelations 20, you know that there's a first death and a second death. So you mean to tell me Yahuwah hid Enoch so that he will not receive the second death? Let's read it. Verse 6 of Revelation 20. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to do part 2 on tomorrow. Revelation 20, verse 6 says, Baruch and set apart is he that have part in the first resurrection. How can you be resurrected if you're not dead first? Okay. On such, the second death have no power, but they shall be priests of Elohim and of Hamashiach and shall reign with him a thousand years. We call that the millennium of Shalom, or we call that the Shabbat millennium. It'll be shalom, it will be peace, it'll be powerful. Okay. Let's go back to Hebrews for one moment. Okay, that was written by what? yal right? John the Revelator. Let's go to chapter 9 and let's see what did, you know, Shuul or Paul say about death. Let's go to verse 26. And then we're going to read a very key verse. For then he must often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world, he have appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27. That means he knew his assignment. He knew the will of the Father. Verse 27. And... As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You might want to highlight that. And as it is appointed you are born to die. Everybody's going to have the first step. It's inevitable. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Verse 28. So Mashiach was off, was once offered to bear the sins of many. Remember, Mashiach had to die as well, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now Paul wasn't writing about that death. He was to talk about the first death. Okay? Of course the way that he wrote it. The phrase should not see the conditional tense of the verb. Let's break that down. Going back to Hebrews chapter eleven, verse five, that he should not. The uh, particular word in the Greek is me or may. Strong's Concordance G thirty three sixty nine, and you're going to see G fourteen ninety two. The word is do or I do. Okay. Me or may means unless, or it can also mean what? It can also imply something that has not happened yet. He should not. C. That's the strongest concordance. It means what, and it also tells you this particular verb is used only in past tense. Okay? It is the conditional particular point about something that has been done and something that is going to be done. It means to see or to perceive, to understand. Okay? By absolute belief, Hanak was translated that he would not be able to see death or he would not perceive death and was not found, because Elohim had what? Carried him away, put him away. Hanak also had this testimony that he pleased Yahweh. You can read in the book of Enoch how he talks about the Son of Man and how many people will resurrect. But we want to just work with what's in these, quote-unquote, in the King James, as they say. Okay, so you can show people. So Hanak would not suffer the second death. Let's go to Yaukhanan. We're about to close. John chapter 11. Yaukhanan, John chapter 11. Watch this. verse 25 of John chapter 11. Yahusha makes it crystal clear. Let me go back a a couple of verses back. Let's go to verse 23. Yahusha speaking about he will be the resurrection and the life. He was chosen by Yahuwah to be the representation of that because he is the what? He is the forerunner of absolute belief. Okay? Listen to what Yahusha says. Yahusha said in verse 23, Yahusha said unto Martha, your brother shall rise again. Martha said it to him. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Hmm. See, like Martha even knew the spiritual intent of the Torah and understood the wording of the prophets. Listen. Yahusha said it to her. Verse 25. She said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. Let's keep reading. And whosoever lives and believes in me should never die. Did you get that? Though he was though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said unto him, Yea, Master, I believe that you are Hamashiach, the son of Yahuwah, which should come into the world. She understood, as most of the Hebrews understood also, many of them did not, that Yahusha was going to bring eternal life in the inheritance. You read it there. We keep the teachings of Yahusha and Yahuah, and we believe in them. The first death is the first death. Christians keep using that first death. So, because they don't understand first and second death, they said that Enoch probably escaped that. So, how could Hanak or Enoch received the second death if he hasn't even had the first death first. That's why you read in Revelation 20, the second death would never touch those in the first resurrection. Hanak will be in the first resurrection because of his immunity, his absolute belief. And his obedience toward Yahweh, and because of that, he met the conditions of the kingdom, and he will be resurrected. In closing, Hanak had amunia. He believed in Yahweh and walked with him. He obeyed him. He kept the sayings and the Torah of Yahweh. Hanak also kept the words of Yahusha, even though he was not around. Because Yahusha spoke the same things which the Ab commanded him to speak. You can read that in John chapter 14, verse 10. Hanak met the conditions that he should not see death. The second death would not touch Hanak because of his immunia, which activated his obedience. His absolute belief activated his obedience. That is the best form of worship that you can give Yahuwah, is obedience. Okay, we are 17 minutes after the hour. Um, I thank you so much for um, joining me on Talk, Teach, and Touch About Radio this evening. I hope that you share this with your friends, um, family, uh, those who debate about this and talking about um, somebody earned their wings and they're in heaven. There's no one there. Okay, they're, they're, you have the messengers. Um, people call it the angels, right, the Malakim. Uh, you have Yahweh and Yahusha. You have the, uh, you know, we call it the suffering, right, the ones who guard the throne of Yahweh. Uh, and there is no man up there, only the lamb, Yahusha, is there. So, so far, we got rid of Enoch. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be doing a Zoom teaching on this to show you thoroughly the Hebrew and the Greek writings so that you can get a very thorough understanding of what was taught tonight. And then part two of this teaching will be on Blog Talk Radio right here tomorrow at 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. Then we will have the teaching of why is everybody doing the Passover on different dates. Uh, We'll be doing that on Saturday and Sunday. We'll go ahead and conclude and wrap up Everything, okay? All right. I can't wait to talk more about Hanukkah. I will do that on tomorrow on uh, Blog Talk Radio, and then we're going to talk about Elijah. Did Elijah go to heaven? Wait a minute. There was a chariot of fire that came and got Elijah and swooped him up, and he went into heaven. But did he actually go to where Yahua is at? Wait till you see the scriptures there to prove otherwise. Hallelujah. Alrighty. That'll do it for me. This has been another Talk, Teach, and Testify instruction. I love all of you. Stay encouraged. We will go over this on tomorrow. The Zoom teaching will be at 10 a.m. Email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com if you'd like to join us. And if not, you can join us on Blog Talk Radio for part two of the teaching um, on tomorrow afternoon. For some of you, it'll still be morning. All right? I hope that you enjoy your Feast of Unleavened Bread and your Peshach, hallelujah, I say unto one and say unto all, shalom and Shabbat shalom, hope to speak with you or see you tomorrow, tomorrow, whether it's on Zoom or on Blog Talk Radio, shalom and shalom unto one and unto all.